Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. That note, how did I hit that? Oh, oh, was it you that hit that, Phil? You never tell us about it. You're listening to Songs in the Key of Laugh. My name is Phil Nickel. And I'm David Timms. And our podcast celebrates comedy songs and musical comedians. And we reminisce, we have a laugh, we talk about all sorts of different things. And um, over the course of the podcast, we're going to be looking into all sorts of variety of stuff about musical musical comedy. Absolutely. Uh, Phil, how's your week been? <laughs> well, David, let me tell you. <laughs> That's a great segue. Um, <laughs> no, I, someone posted online this week, and if you're a musical comedy fan, uh, Haggis McLeod, who um, is the one of the bookers for the Glastonbury Festival and takes care of the circus and theatre cabaret fields, posted online um, Tim Tyler as Mr. Peepee, who, who was Mr. Peepee or is Mr. Peepee, on the Big Gig Australia from many years ago. And he's a great act. He's like more of a clown act. He does a ping pong juggling thing where he, he does this amazing things with his mouth yeah doesn't he, does, he? he yeah. does yeah he, he, he juggles ping pong balls with his mouth basically but he before he does that on this gig he sings a, a song called her bathing suit never gets wet and it's it's a, a ukulele him and his mouth well obviously he's singing but he makes these crazy noises so check that out yeah, he, he, it's a very, very good song. I had to listen to it earlier on and it made me really, really chuckle. And later on in today's show, we're going to talk to David about some workshop he runs for mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and we're also going to be talking to one of your best, best friends in comedy. Aren't we, we are. I'm so excited because we're going to be speaking to not just one of my best friends in comedy, but I think one of the guys that I grew up with, he was in a comedy duo called Big and Daft. He won So You Think You're Funny years ago. And uh, I've been hanging around with this guy. We've recorded stuff together. I think he's one of the funniest men of the world. Now, no, most people don't know him as a musical comedian. They know him from Upstart Crow. But this is Rob Rouse. How many comedy songs do you think you've written, Rob? Uh, two. <laughs> and that qualifies you for this podcast. to be on the podcast. No, I, do you know what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, what, but one of them is about 10 years long, so... Yes, well, exactly. Yes. What I make up, uh, lack in, uh, in, uh, in frequency, I make up for in volume. Uh, yeah. But no, I think... <laughs> so keep listening and come back and stick around for our Rob Rouse interview. It's not only funny, but he does a song on it that's, if you're a musical comedy fan, it's absolutely hysterical. I did actually say that Rob was part of a comedy duo. Right. Uh, and he, it wasn't a comedy duo. It was a comedy trio called Big and Daft. There's only two names. I know. It makes it even funnier, right? This trio. <laughs> but I'm not sure what the uh, third guy, Tom, is doing now. But I know that the other comedian in the group was Ian Boldsworth, who you guys might know from the Parapod, which is a huge uh, pod about, par- you know, the paranormal. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And so that's, uh, so we're talking to Rob Rouse. Uh, stick around for that. I've been looking into the, 
old my old comedy songs like it was this ones that you've written well, no the, no well i've been doing that but also the podcast made me kind of think about what my influences were and where and how comedy songs are sort of all around us all the time i mean okay. there are there are there are a number of comedy songs that have gone to like number one number two in the charts i i'm just thinking of this there's uh one that i used to sing when i was i didn't didn't really sing it but it was a phrase used from it my, I've, i come from a big italian family ah. and uh and my nonna uh she she um she was uh, oh, the most amazing woman and i miss her very very dearly and she sang um she used to say ah shut up your face um sometimes which which was uh joe dolce joe dolce, dolce, dolce. yeah um, wait a minute is tim's an italian name no so it's short my, for it's short for Timelo Lelo. That's not what it's short for. <laughs> no, that sounded no, more Spanish. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but uh, Conti was was my grandmother's. So, really? Yeah. Are you are you you actually look a bit like Tom Conti? Do I? Yeah. Well, there you go. Or Nina Conti's monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So that that song "Shut Up Your Face" is. Uh, is etched in my mind from many years ago. Joe, Joe Dolce's "Shut Up Your Face" is one. Of, it's one of those comedy songs where if you know it, uh, it you know every single word. I mean, it's not difficult to know every single word. There's not that many of them, but similar to Ivor Cutler's work, which is very memorable. You only have to hear it a couple of times until you know it. Uh, Joe Dolce's "Shut Up Your Face" is. Do you know? Do you know it? I think so. Do you want to try it? Yeah. Okay. What's the matter, you? Hey! Got to know respect. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. What's a nicer place? Ah, shut up your face. I nearly got it. Nearly got it. <laughs> That's pretty Let's try good. it one more time together. You sing it with me. Oh, okay. What's the matter, you? Hey! Got to know respect. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up your face. That went to number one. That song that was went. number one. It was uh, it was number one for a long time in Australia as yeah. well. I think. Yeah. Um. There's there's an amazing bit in this song. In fact, uh, I I did a little bit of um looking up about him a while ago and um looking up looking research, up research. That's the one. Uh, just just because I was intrigued. Uh, about him because i was very intrigued that he was actually australian yeah. first of all but um then i yeah i did, did a little bit of research and was watching a couple of these videos and in each each one of these videos he asked for people to do solos right halfway through right and then and he goes that's enough so he'll start <laughs> like a running gag yeah yeah it's, it, it's, it's brilliant so he starts the accordion off and it's like that's enough <laughs> but he does it he does it in another song with a piano solo and the piano solo literally goes ding and that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so it's it's very funny. Well, the videos are very silly. Oh my oh my god, true story time and it's my turn. Okay. Oh my go. god, true story time. I actually my agent in Australia for a while was a guy called Andrew Walker, was also Joe Dolce's agent. 
because Joe Dolce still performs and, and sort of lives off that song, I imagine. Probably, I think so. Yeah. yeah, he probably has to close. It's probably like his satisfaction, you know, like yeah. the Rolling Stones satisfaction, that's his. And, um, and a lot of great musical comedy comes from Australia. I think it's because of the Scottish and Irish heritage. They just have this mad culture for laughter and, and drinking and frivolity. And um, you've got Doug Anthony All-Stars, you've got Tim Minchin, of course. Absolutely. Um, and there's a lot of unknown people that we might even look into some more of the Australian. Uh, when I first went to Melbourne in 1990, there was bands with like full tubas and stuff on stage. It was like very, very, they didn't take themselves very seriously, the old Australians. So the, um, at the festival there, the, yeah, the Melbourne, Melbourne Comedy Melbourne, Festival, yeah, um, there, there must be a big musical comedy scene there. Um, I, you know, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any of them. <laughs> the Doug Anthony All-Stars were, were the main ones. They were like our... They were like our nemesis. We were like the Canadian Doug Antonell stars, or they were the Australian Corky and the Juice Pigs. I can I can imagine it being some sort of West Side Story affair, and, <laughs> <laughs> and these two bands going against each other. We, we just, uh, who can be more punalific? We can just, be... <laughs> we, they were like little punk rockers, and we were we were beyond that. Oh, oh, right. They were little punk rockers, and you were big punk rockers. No, we were surrealists. Okay, who thought who thought that they smelled bad? <laughs> if you're listening, Paul McDermott, you smell bad. Now we've had overwhelming response to our songs in the key of laugh comedy song competition. I didn't our, think it was going to work. I mean, I, no, to be honest, I didn't. We were just sort of fishing out there. Um, it's a real contest, and you, there, yeah, is, it is. there is, is pro- it a there is contest competition. I don't like the idea of it being a competition because I it don't, isn't a contest. The same thing, not really. Okay, uh, but but anyway, David. <laughs> so, so we've got like a whole lot of. Uh, submissions that came through. If you r- want to submit a song, you go to songs in the key of laugh at gmail.com and, and enter a song. Yeah, we did have some people sending through uh, like, like 10, 10 songs, and we, we'd really like it if you just picked your best one yeah, and sent that one to us. Not your whole back catalogue. No. Anyway, no. we've picked two for this week, and this is the runner up and the winner, and they're going to go into the next round. Uh, and if you want to hear the rest of them, you go to songs in the key of laugh.com and you can hear all the entries. We're going to put all the entries online so that you everyone's song is going to get heard. Um, but here's the two we've chosen for this week. The runner-up is Martin Zerfus, and this is Eight First Cousins. My mum's my biggest fan. I'm a second-born son. I've got eight first cousins, and I've only slept with one. We got drunk at a party, thought we might have some fun. I've got seven other cousins, extra DNA with one. My cousins want my auntie. Now I call my auntie mum. I've got seven other cousins, and we don't tell everyone. She didn't have to change her name. Our kids are fucking dumb. I've got eight other cousins, and I'm a Labrador with one. A pedigree from the same bloodline. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, wow. That was great. <laughs> Weird and wonderful. I love and that, it. that's the first one ever on uh, on on the songs, songs of the key, key of life competition contest. That's the one. Um, so <laughs> uh, we're now going to listen to the winner from this week, and it's it's a fantastic song. Really good. Uh, this is Eddie Hurst, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the song. No, Here it is. Okay. You've got a secret. From me, but I'm gonna find out. I need honesty. You turn away, but it's clear to see from your ankle to your thigh. You've got a robot knee. What? Robot knee, robot knee. It shoots out lasers and it bruises. 
genetic technology, so don't hide, be true to me. Show us your robot knee. I've got a secret I'm keeping from you. You might not believe it, but I promise it's true. You see, while you're mostly human except for one part machinery, I'm mostly made of wires and cogs and technology. Except for one part of my body. Can you guess what it is? My knee. Human knee, human knee. It just burns when I spill coffee. Human Stolen from me on a raid on my laboratory. I've been searching since the 70s, and I think finally, I think you've got my knee. Give it back. It's mine. Get your own. That's Eddie Hearst and Robotney. Such a good song. Yeah. So now, David, you've been doing some work with a mental health group. Is that right? Uh, yeah, kind of. I've been doing work with uh, for quite a long time with uh, people with dementia. Oh. Um, I run Singing for the Brain Sessions uh, with the Alzheimer's Society. So we do, it's like group music therapy. Um, you sing lots of... Lots of old songs, um, sing sing in different parts, sing rounds, and just it's it's meant to just stimulate the mind. Yeah, and they and they remember these these people with dementia remember the songs. Absolutely. I mean, Some, sometimes sometimes you have people come to the sessions who unfortunately have lost lost the ability to, you know, string a sentence together. Right. But they'll be able to sing a song from the beginning to the end. It's amazing what yeah. music can do. What's the name of this? This group? It's uh, it's singing for the brain. It's with with the Alzheimer's Society. Singing, sing, I'm singing with the brain. That's pretty. I mean that that is that is that is one that has I'm been done. Si- Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, well. That is that is that's the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a great great. Um, they're great sessions, and um, I've been doing it for about eight years. And this is a charity that you can donate money to. Yeah, you can absolutely. Yeah, it's the Alzheimer's Society. Do you write comedy songs? Ever dream of being the next Tim Minchin? Or being Tim Minchin? That's weird. Yeah. Why not enter our Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition and maybe appear on our podcast? With Tim Minchin. That's better. The Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition. Enter today. Visit songsinthekeyoflaugh.com for details. We're gonna get given a song we know and have to change it up And make it so hysterical that you win the cup This game is really easy, just follow all the rules The rules are really simple, you're not allowed to lose So it's a quick fire parody game, you guys know the rules I give David a title and an artist and then he has to come up with a quick fire parody of it They're usually pretty, pretty bad, right? Um, yeah, they're usually dreadful. And then David gives me one, or we can even start. Why don't you start with me this week? Yeah, all right. Uh, could you do? Um, could you do? Twenty first century boy. T Rex song. T Rex song. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, this. Uh, I'm a go. 
Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Okay, it's um, okay. Twenty first century. Um, here we go. I've <laughs> got it. Okay. Friends, Seth is good. Friends, Seth is fine. Friends, Seth is hard, just like rocks, bro. Like a sting, it's like a bee, hanging like a cat. But I gotta be, boy, I wanna be your toy. Cause it's plain to see you were meant for me Cause I'm your boy, 16th century toy <laughs> 16th century toy I want to be your boy <laughs> 16th century toy I want to do with whatever you like <laughs> Oh, Phil, that's very, very good <laughs> Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire parody game. Okay, I mean, I, it wasn't great, but it's it's no, uh, that was it, very good. It's a, quick, it's a quick fire parody. I thought that was brilliant. Okay, well, I'm going to give you one. How okay. about um, uh, Stand by Me? Who who who's Benny uh, King? Benny King. BB King. Ben, Benny King. Benny King. Ben Ben E King. Ben no, e King. not Benny King. No, not ben, no, not Benny. Okay, this is Benny King. It's a quick fire parody game, and um, the song is Stand by Me. Okay, you got one. Uh, I have one word. Okay. Uh, let me make the rest of it around it. Um, <laughs> when the night has come And I'm under a tree I get worried If I hear buzzing near me I won't No, I won't Stay there much longer Just in case Stand by bees Oh, it's not good, is it? Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire parody game. I'm still laughing at that. Stop it. Stand by bees. Yeah, all right. It would have been. Uh, these are genuinely done off the cuff. Okay. So sometimes it yeah, goes wrong. Sure, 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 sure. sure. <laughs> Let's try and redeem the podcast now by by listening to our special guest of the week. Absolutely. He's one of your best friends in comedy, isn't he? Well, I really do like the guy. He's a real sweetheart. His name is Rob, Rob Rouse. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
How Have we started? The heck are you, Rob? I'm smashing. I'm smashing. For those of you that don't know, Rob Rouse is a stand-up comedian. He's an actor. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. He's a dancer. He's a lover. He's a pigeon feeder. He's a yeah. he's a, a just chicken yeah, owner. Um, he's a chicken owner. A dog That's owner. what I meant. A he chicken raises chickens. Yeah. He ch- he races chickens. He doesn't mean he doesn't sit on them and race them around. He lets them race them eat themselves. Yeah. Well, I've, I only did that once, and uh, it was clear the sport wasn't going to work out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a must have been a big chicken. It was a very big chicken. It was, but she still wasn't big enough. So, for our <laughs> listeners, if you don't know Rob Rouse, you've probably seen him on Upstart Crow. But he's been a stand-up comedian for many, many years. He was born in Gosworth. Wow, incredible, That's incredible, of- incredible depth of knowledge you've got there, Phil. Well, this is a learning podcast as well, mm. Rob. As much as it is a fun <laughs> podcast, so we hope to we hope to impart some of Rob's knowledge to you about songwriting and uh, comedy songwriting. Uh, you have you written how many comedy songs do you think you've written, Rob? Uh, two. <laughs> and that qualifies you for this podcast to be on the podcast. No, I, do you know what? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, what, but one of them is about ten years long. So yes. Well, exactly. Yes. What I make up uh, lacking uh, in uh, in frequency, I make up for in volume. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's something that. So I've been doing stand up since 1998. Um, yes. And then I was you in, were in. You were in the. So you think you're funny? You won. So you think you're funny? That's right. Yeah. The year after Peter Kay. Um, who? Wow. who? Who's that? Who's that? We don't know. We can't, we're not no, sure no, who no. he is. Um, <laughs> but uh, apparently, apparently, he's quite a big shakes. Um, but I heard the K stands for ketamine. It could be ketamine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or cow spelt wrong. It could be either I, of those. I, that's probably more. I think it was probably Peter Cow. Yeah, Peter Cow. <laughs> and he just shortened it to K because people made fun of him. But yeah, so oh. so I, and, and then I was in a sketch group. Uh, until uh, about 2002 called Big and Daft and, and I think that's probably where I first started writing comedy songs yeah. um, and, and the fir- I remember the first one we did was um, we did like a it was in 1999 when we did our first show together in the Wii Room which actually was a cupboard it, it, it wow. was a storage room we also had a sketch where because um, we played three characters um, I was a simpleton and um, no, and there was yeah, and there was this. I, it, it was a real stretch for me acting wise um, to play uh, the part of someone who was mentally quite simple. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've slipped into my, a bad impression of Sir Ian McKellen. But um, I, 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 I was I did a gig with someone the other week, and, and turned out they were an impressionist. And uh, and I, I always think I can do impressions until I do them and I hear them like through yes. through headphones back into my own head and realise I haven't quite nailed yeah. it. Anyway, but we're in the wee room and we had a sketch where um, my character had been quite bullied and was emotionally quite low and was left on his own and uh, he ended up instigating a, a very instant game of uh, fetch with a member of the audience. Right. Um, and then he would throw this item and then bring it back. Um, but it was, it was sort of mute at that anyway. 
So it was quite right. the strange, but it kind of evolved that I was, I was like a dog playing this game with him to try and comfort right. myself. And right. then when I'd fetched it three times, I'd relax and sit on their knee, um, at which point I'd take out of my pocket uh, a small bottle and secrete it between my legs and squeeze it out. And, of course, it was just pure mineral water. But <laughs> to all intents and purposes, it was like I'd wet myself while sitting on someone's lap. Yeah. And they would invariably shriek, and 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 then John and Ian would come back on and you know present them to the audience, and they'd have, I'd have weed on them. Um, <laughs> I mean, these were very different times. It it, really this was, was. nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> but um, but one, but you, you could have been Louis C.K. for that. <laughs> I could have been completely cancelled. But it was very innocent because it was so childlike. Um, oh, you anyway, sure it was innocent. But, you say you're innocent. Well, I say oh, we were in the wee it, room. Tell it, <laughs> but of course. But one show which was um uh, i didn't realize that the, the person i'd weed on uh was uh, a lady called tony arthur who only oh. when she stood up and presented back to me uh, was not only the um uh, uh the uh, life partner of malcolm hay who was the old comedy editor at time out in london mm. but most importantly was the one of the presenters of Play School when, when right. I was a child. So <laughs> yes. I weed on the lady from Play School, which, which for any of our younger <laughs> listeners was the show on the BBC that all children of uh, in the 70s and 80s grew up watching religiously. Yeah. And I weed, Tony was famous. She was huge, Tony. like rock star stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I, thank, I, you, I, thank you for explaining that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not old. No, enough you're to not. I, that, I crumbled so. when I realised who it was. It was incredible. But and the only other person I've met because you know inevitably you're a comedian for long enough, you bump into uh, famous people, and uh, and and had this same impact on me. A couple of years ago, I met Floella Benjamin for Whoa. the first time, oh, cool. and genuinely, it was like for me, it was like rock star shit. It really was. Like, I was speechless. It's Floella Benjamin. That's my childhood. And, and I just, and I met her, I kind of went, <laughs> and she just put her arms out and said, you're one of my play school babies. And just gave me a big hug. And she's Aww. got, so she, when she meets people who grew up watching, she just goes, it's all right. You're one of my play school babies. And she can wow. express that. So you don't have to sit there and, and blither in front of her. When you were play school age, were you working and writing comedy songs, like even just daft for to make your family laugh? I don't know. I mean, I've certainly okay. always uh, been. I've always really loved comedy, and and comedy mm. for me certainly was how I I as a as a child started making sense of the world. I think. But the music were you musical? No, I, I didn't have any. I've had no lessons uh, because my mm. sister used to have piano lessons. She's about three years older than me, with a lady in the village called Mrs. Smith, and um, and it was reported back to me that Mrs. Smith used to keep time on the side of the piano with her wooden leg, um, <laughs> and as a small child, that absolutely scared the shit out of me, so I didn't want to have piano lessons. Um, but my dad always had like um, uh, a few guitars lying around the house, just acoustic guitars, and and he okay. never learned really anything. Um, like, but it's a keen amateur, um, and we just play a few chords, then put it down. So there, there were, and there was always a piano in the house, and so I just mucked around with things. So I've never had any lessons, and I, I see myself certainly musician-wise as a rank amateur at all of the things that I do. I've, I'm immensely limited in what I can technically achieve, but that hasn't in any way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, denuded my enjoyment of 
of interacting with music on any level. I think it's it's um, always uh, that's what I love about it. Whether you're just banging a pan as a kid or hitting a duvet cover or a pillowcase with a drumstick, you, you're it, it's something quite profound and taps into something very basic within all of us. Right. So w- where you're currently sitting, obviously our listeners can't see this. Yeah. But are you are you in your garage? I'm in my garage. Moment? I converted a couple of years ago into. Um, my own crazy room, I suppose. I'm very intrigued by this. Well, uh, I, happily, I can give you the uh, the full breakdown of how I did it. Um, but <laughs> it's not very musical, but it's interesting. I've, I've come to a conclusion or realisation at this point in my life that all things uh, creative, making something, all inform the other one. So, uh, so I find if I'm building something, like learning how to build stuff then going to do a stand-up gig afterwards assuming i've managed to have a little disco kip in the car i just need 10 minutes to reset (laughs) then when you've been dealing with something in three dimensions it's a real problem or puzzle to solve then choosing the right words in the moment to use to describe what you're trying to get to on stage actually all of your faculties are running so and and i've learned that do making stuff whether I'm building something with my hands or with what's left of my brain, all of those things are things that, that make me happy. So building somewhere to then make something in was really exciting. And, um, and I'm, I, I love being in here. And my wife and children tease me about how much time I spend in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask how much time you get to spend there. So obviously quite a bit. I'm doing that uh, with, with, my, with our house. So we're doing that this Great. weekend. I'm very excited oh, mate. about it. But I've also seen that you, you, you've built a load of your own guitars as well, haven't you? Yeah. Lots, well, of, I, I, lots of cool guitars Well, I got there. into making um, guitars from kits. I think it was about three or four years ago. I did a gig somewhere, and it was quite hard work. And I remember thinking, um, an old friend of mine has always said, if you ever do a gig that's tough, then spend that money on something fun that you can then so you can then transmute that kind of frustration into something nice and i bought Great my idea. first ever kit guitar and i and i'd always wanted a, a gibson sg but a, a proper one's really expensive they're amazing guitars so i made one from a kit for about 120 quid um and uh and, and and it was so much fun to put it together and then but there was a problem with some of the hole the pre-drilled holes were a bit off and I rang the chap who I got it off and uh, he was really kind and he didn't have another one. He said, well, you can try and block them with some dowels and then redrill him, but I'll send you another kit. And he sent me a kit for like a, a Gibson 335, which is a big hollow body one. He sent me a kit for that for, for, for about 30 quid. So I ended up making two guitars uh, that I had always wanted for about 140 quid. And, and it was not nice. and, and through building them, I've learned a lot about how the instruments sort of work. And, and if you take your time and it's the balance between the neck angle and where the nut is and the top nut and the, the bridge and everything. And, it, and you slowly learn how to bed those things in and, um, and, and make the guitars better and better. So I've got some guitars that play really nicely, but they're dirty cheap, you know, um, but they're great, but they're mine as well. So that the and then when I did Edinburgh this year, and I used one that uh, I built myself to do a show I'd written myself, it felt really nice. Just because you know, it's uh, I quite I like the the being able to do things on the cheap. But also, yeah, it must be satisfying 
to be standing on stage playing the instrument that you made, singing a song that you've written. Yeah, well, I thought, I thought, why not go the whole hog, you know, and, and see mm. and see what I can do. And then I also made one for my daughter, which I don't. You can see there if I just turn the camera around slightly. Uh, the pink one on there, I built. Um, I got because she wanted a short scale guitar because she's only nine. So I got I got her um, just from I got it from the uh, cancer research shop. Uh, uh, like a squire uh, Stratocaster, so it's like a short one. But I took it to bits, sprayed it bright pink, and then made out a scratch plate in the shape of a unicorn, and then put the pickups back <laughs> in it and stuck it back together. And that's called the Unicaster, which I the think Unicaster. Oh, that's amazing. The Unicaster, it's gorgeous. So I got that is for so, like about, so cool. about four quid, like this uh, piece of um, whatever it's called. Uh, the plastic, yeah, and then and then cut it into a unicorn shape, and it's like sparkly, and then put the pickups into it, and uh, yeah, so it's a one-off. The Unicaster, the Unicaster. Uh, you could sell that. We're, yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a picture of I'll that. Get show picture it on of our that. social no media. Problem. That's the yeah. Unicaster. But yeah, so Lovely. and I kind of thought, and it was weird, especially as we went into like the the lockdowns, and uh, and obviously as, as performers we couldn't do what we were used to doing it really made me think about right what how can i what can i um how can i be creative and what can i do and i started doing a lot of stuff online with on patreon and stuff which i'm still doing um and and amongst that that kind of encouraged me to just keep making and creating stuff and then thinking which has taken me to the point now where me and my wife are currently writing a musical out of nowhere i've never written a musical before but just thinking it's no reason why we can't What's and what's Amazing. the musical? What's the so Helen Helen Helen, to... my wife, she wrote a book. Um, again, it all comes from making stuff. So, I think in 2018 we did our first Edinburgh show together, where she'd written a play called The Ladder about a lady uh, who got stuck yeah. up the top of a ladder with a finger caught in the mechanism. Yeah, um, and and it was a solo play at first, and then she decided she needed like a supporting character to help sort of annotate it. Right. And yeah. uh, I was by the kettle in the kitchen while Helen was casting. <laughs> so again, a right place, right time. Um, yeah, yeah, just, not necessarily yeah. the right guy, but you know, I was available. It, no, it's a who you know yeah, kind of business. Yeah, it, it very much is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I was, you know, hold my hands up, been in nepotism there, and, and I got the part. But I, I yeah. wangled my way in, and then, and then she asked me to sort of. Um, Did, but sorry, can I just cut in? Wasn't but didn't Larry the Ladder Johnson? Get his agents involved? Wasn't there some yeah, he, kind of scandal? They, they they got involved, but um, but they're all they're all they all died in in what what feels like really odd coincidental circumstances at the right. same time. But mm. we've we've very much moved past that now. Sure. Um, so it's not. Something, and the irony being, it was a fire or something. There was no lat. There was no ladder. It was hard to. Yeah, yeah, and there was a lot of. There was like a, mm. a some kind of chemical blaze. But anyway, mm. I, 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 I wouldn't know. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, the, who did it? No. But um, but they're they're all. But that's. I thought yeah. Helen might have been able to tell with her chemistry. She degree, can't but... remember much no, about okay. anything anymore. Mm. But but so yes, yeah. yeah, so as I say, we've very much moved past it, and and probably mm. don't. Okay. I don't want to get the podcast closed down with any legal wranglings. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, not. So we probably just, <laughs> Larry's people we just are, snip do the whole listen. thing out. That's yeah, probably the best take, thing. We might have to beep Larry's yeah, name just out. Yeah, just yeah, beep Larry's name out. But um, <laughs> and then and Helen asked me to sort of uh, annotate it, but also play a couple of supporting characters. But I also had to sort of score it. 
which I'd never done before because I've never, apart from, uh, I was in, band, in a band at the co- at college called Saucy Jack, where I was the singer and rhythm guitarist. Um, okay. And, and, yeah. and, and our, our lead guitarist, John Mad Dog McCraw, um, we, also <laughs> did, we also did a cover of, uh, I think it was our second gig, um, there was a song off the Manic Street Preacher's second album called Drug, Drug, Druggy. Mm. And uh, it's got a really epic guitar solo in it. And um, we set off playing the song probably about twice as fast as it should have been. Right. And I remember, like, remember we, we we knew the solo was coming up and we were all kind of looking at John. And then we just kind of, and then, and then all eyes fell on John as, as, as it came to the, as we bridged through to the solo. And I remember, like, certainly all of us remember John absolutely got it off the laces and um and we got wow and, and as a result after that we got uh yeah horrifically drunk um so, and then <laughs> me and john was sat at the end because it was a student band competition that was it and we we didn't win but um in our minds we you know we, we'd won the lottery a band it, whatever level you experience it on playing music with other people it, it, it's a connection in, in a way that i've never i've I don't think you can you can match with anything really. It's insanely uh, exciting, insanely yeah. exciting. Yeah. You remember the first time I stood there with a guitar in front of an audience, I got disco leg, and my leg was wobbling and shaking so much I couldn't actually stand. And I go to the other leg, and that was just shaking too. So really? I actually get quite ner- I get nervous playing an instrument in front of people, um, which is probably why I used to get so pissed. Um, but obviously, inevitably, that that doesn't that doesn't lead to decent music, but it leads to memories. So it's it's taken a lot of time for me to be happy to play an instrument in front of a, a comedy audience. Elvis had the you, same problem. Yeah, did he exactly. really? Yeah, that, that's how he got that whole style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just scared. He was just fucking terrified. Yeah, and he used to have to eat squirrels and just drink and drugs to excess in order to perform, didn't he? Which well, that's why how he died. Sadly, he, he what had took a, him? The peanut butter and squirrel sandwich. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter and squirrel smoothie. He was on. Yeah. He was on a health kick. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Dave, my relationship with David is is uh, in its infancy. Not notwithstanding, it's a lovely relationship that we have, David. So lovely. Um, so lovely. But I've known Phil for since I started out, and one of the things that always impressed me about the way that Phil uses music on stage is um, there, there is there is zero showboating from Phil for the sake of showboating, if that makes sense. So I always oh. think that everything that you do musically, despite you being a brilliant musician, it's the intensity with which you do it means that everything you do with your instrument is justified. The bit I've always struggled with, with uh, if we're at a comedy gig uh, and someone kind of gets out a guitar or, or an instrument and uh, is, is incredibly proficient on it, but they're not being funny, then I kind of, mm. I, I've always had an awkwardness about that. Like Virtuosity is, yes, it's amazing, but if it's, yes. not, if it's not needed or wanted in that moment, no. It, no. It, it's, it can make the audience feel a bit uncomfortable. And, well, yeah. And if, you, I mean, if you Phil, Google... can, Phil can make an acoustic guitar feedback mm. and distort just by the way that you hit it. And like your guitar is like, a, when I see it, if you've still got that Takamini one, is it still yeah, going? Yeah, I do, yeah. Where you've mm. worn through above the, 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 the thick E string just yeah. from 
knocking seven bells out of it night after yeah. night after night. But that guitar is like it's like Willie Nelson's one that that fellow has to kind of trick trigger. Yeah, put back together once a year for Willie. He's he, yeah he's got a name. It's it, Willie Nelson's guitar has a documentary mm. made about it. So his his guitar is more famous than us. It's incredible. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, it's I remember, called Trigger. I've seen it, and the guy goes, you're going to have to get a lot of dead skin cells out of there and <laughs> put a little bit of acetate on that bit to get, yeah. you know, where a fingernail's burnt off. And, and it's incredible. But I, I've always admired the way that you use your uh, musical abilities um, as a comedian. It's, uh, it's really quite unique what you do, Philip. And oh, I will well, not let this kind. podcast go by without addressing no. that. Yeah, but we'll just edit this part out. Going back to the, <laughs> going back to the musical, though, you re- you didn't finish. What are you? Were you going to have a title? Yes, it's, it's exciting. It sounds like an exciting. You you got animated even more than normal. I mean, you're quite an animated man. Yeah, you became really animated. It went. It's so launching into a new form of of writing musical songs. We've interviewed Tim Minchin. Wow. Um, for 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 this, and obviously he writes. He's Tony Award winning musical yes. writer. Uh, <laughs> but it was comedy songs and cabaret songs. That is where he started. Yes. And I think this this might be the same thing for you. Well, I, this could I be mean, a Tony Award winning again, musical. Again, I, I wouldn't... Um, ha- I don't have the musical chops to even uh, eat at the same table as, as, as Timothy. He is a remarkable <laughs> um, creative force, isn't he? Um, and yeah. it, but it, it's really interesting. So me and Helen did that play called The Ladder, and then we came home, and I went off back doing gigs again, and Helen just thought what am I I doing now and she's teaching a bit of drama at the local school she's doing lots of little bits and jobs and she's a brilliant actor and writer in her own own right and she was just so and then this idea came to us so our son Lenny who's now 13 has always well since he's about five or four or five has dealt with a stammer throughout his uh, as he's been growing up and he played Mm. table tennis with a little boy who was profoundly deaf and Helen suddenly struck this boy who struggled to get his words out playing table tennis with a little boy who couldn't hear what was being said. Mm. And then she had this idea of a boy who wants to be a stand-up comedian but thinks he can't do on account of his stammer. And she wrote this book just on spec at the kitchen table and, uh, <coughs> and then sent it out, just sent it out. Yeah. She'd never written a novel before, sent it out yeah. to loads of agents, about 50-odd agents. She got some amazingly got some traction with one of them and then she had some notes back and forth and it did and they thought it saw it in a slightly different mold and she saw it slightly differently and i'm going just fucking just say please just do it and then yeah. she kind of went but no this the story's not that, quite that for me and and then she sent it out to another load and then this uh, lady rang up one sunday and just said i've just read your manuscript and she's a big, big agent and just said, I've just sat there laughing and crying in my back garden. Do you want to come down to London tomorrow and talk to me about it? Brilliant. Brilliant. Off the back Amazing. of that, she's got this book out called The Boy Who Made Everyone Laugh. Well, I've, I've heard about it and it it's struck lovely. me because, because I, you, I don't know if we have, I've ever said this to you, but I had a severe, I have a clinical stutter. Really? I, I'm a stutter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is, which is why I have the weird speech pattern that I have. Cause if I get to a point where I feel like I'm going to stutter, mm. I just change the subject and I became a stand up comedian. So wow. if you're oh, looking mate. for someone to play the part in the musical. Of Billy. <laughs> yeah. We could play the ghost <laughs> of Christmas you know. yet to come. <laughs> it's who you know. That's amazing. So, so. So how did it affect you growing up? 
Well, I, I wasn't able to speak properly. I also had a lisp mm. and, a, and a Scottish accent. So, and then I moved to Canada and I was really short for my age. And I, wasn't, I was a born-again Christian who wasn't allowed to wear denim or listen to television programs. So I got picked on a lot. Oh, my God, mate. And, uh, and, and when I was able to speak, mm. I wanted to become an actor mm. or a performer. So and, and, it's, and how, it's, it's, how, it's very common, I think, yeah. very common for people with speech impediments uh, or cleft palates or anything like that to become announcers. Yes, so, because it's the way of commanding the uh, mm. your speech pattern, isn't it? I mean, certainly, I know that when I my dad had one to the point that he, it stifled him at school. Uh, he really struggled academically, my dad, and um, and I know when I'm tired, or I also know when I start talking about it, I become hyper aware of my speech patterns, mm. um, and I can start to stumble. Um, so, yeah, and it's in, and and sometimes on, I'm doing it now, and sometimes on stage, yeah. um, it can go, and I just have to address it every now and then. But I don't, I don't, wouldn't put myself in that bracket of having to really deal with it. And it's been fascinating watching Lenny grow up and, and inspiring because it. It doesn't hold him back from expressing himself, which is, which is the relief from a parent's point of view. Um, no, when I visited you, when I was up visiting you, we were, he played the piano for mm. us. You got him to play the piano for us, and he's already quite a great piano player, David. And yeah. he's, I think that, that kind of... Uh, uh, um, what brought it out of me was my attention to art, yeah. writing poems and expressing myself on paper. And then as I got older, I used to read just so I just read a lot. And so I was well read. I was like super smart, but none of the teachers would ever ask me to answer a question because mm. it would take me forever to get it out. Mm. And I'd get laughed at and then I'd get upset. Um, oh, and that was quite it was quite severe for quite a while. But playing an instrument... Playing the guitar um, helped because it gives you focus and uh, my fingers don't stutter. And um, yeah, I think a lot, if you approach it properly, um, it's something you can overcome using, using music and, and comedy. Incredible. And, and do you think, think do you think that that, uh, that way of sort of uh, annotating your thoughts and speech with music, which gave you a focus, it gives you a, a, a framework in many ways to hang the words around, doesn't it? Mm. So it's like having a scaffold for communicating. And yeah. that having that scaffold with communicating things that were very important to you and that were coming from your heart to walk without this... Uh, now the scaffolding has become a walking frame. But without yeah, sure. the walking frame is the metaphor. Well, I think it's I think it's common knowledge that people with speech impediments like to know what they're saying, so they can I can say a monologue mm. or I can sing a song without ever stuttering. David Dave Johns, who's yeah. quite a famous British comedian, has a quite a severe That's stutter right, yeah. in his day to day life. But when he speaks on stage, it's flawless. Well, yeah, but Ed Sheeran apparently had a, a crippling st stammer as well, and. Um, I remember when we were growing up in our, our village shop, Mr. Longson, who ran the village shop, Brian uh, Longson had a really big uh, stammer in his speech, but he had this incredible uh, tenor operatic singing voice that he, I remember wow. doing it at a PTA thing. Mm. It just blew everyone's minds. Like it was incredible. Yeah. And certainly Len has gravitated as well. The piano and he's really connected. He, he drums me out of the garage. That like is his ability to dissociate his limbs and almost see time opened up. Uh, mm. 
it, you know on a, on a macro scale like blows yeah. my head apart like yeah so so he plays the drums yeah, as well and it's incredible and i think that i mean the rhythmic nature of dissociation on a piano and drum i imagine if you wanted to david you could you could really open up the drums in a way that would surprise yourself you probably already played don't you um i i i've i've recently started having my drum lessons great and um yes and I imagine i'm, you're not, already I'm not as drummer, good as i want but i bet you're a better drummer than i am already I, I i can do some very basic things yeah but i but, imagine uh, you do yeah, really your well. son's your son's probably quite a lot better than it's nuts it's incredible but i can see how and like sometimes when he's i can tell when he's nervous or when he's struggling to get his words out sometimes he'll he'll sort of drum on his legs as yep. occasionally to help him get through a, a moment. Um, and I know that uh, listening to Scroobius Pip's podcast, he learned how to sort of drum with his fingers on his legs to enable him to get through kind of blockages. Um, but certainly, like, I just feel that I know that the music element of my son, it's so good for his... Uh, it's just his confidence. Helen took him to a barber's the other day to have his hair cut. And... Um, she said last time he'd been in there, he just sat in the chair and not talked. And every time the guy asked a question, him in questions, he'd look, look at his mum and kind of go, Hur. and Helen said, right, when you go in there, I want you to ask him some questions um, and then just see what happens. And Len ended up like, find this guy's from Turkmenistan and found all this stuff about him, about his family. His dad taught him how to cut hair and he came back brimming with all this information because he you know this boy with his stammer he'll make an effort and chat to people and it's glorious to see and I, and I long may that continue because you know for anyone if anyone does have any you know issues with whether it's confidence or they're shy or they have a stammer or something they feel holds them back if you can keep somehow pushing at it pushing through it you know everyone people out there are lovely aren't they and they, and they will connect and I, I just think um mm people can really surprise themselves and each other and so helen wrote this lovely book sorry long story short i'm enjoying talking i'm not being able to talk no, to people okay, book podcast yeah, it's what as long as people are enjoying listening I hope, it's well fine. hopefully it's interesting hopefully and then it, 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 i think it will it's this is a, a subject that's close to my heart so i'm i'm you know i'm on his side yeah well we'll you send know. you a copy of the book so you can read it as well yeah. and um, so it's and people have said to helen like you should try and maybe turn this into a play and she thought i don't really know what there is to be gained by turning this particular thing into a play um, mm. and then uh she went to the sheffield premiere of jamie the musical mm. and um and she and, and it, she had it in the diary she then she thought there's no re- a musical a boy who can't really is struggling to speak but can speak mm. directly to the audience through song yeah then you've got a real like that's a massive lever as to why to make it a musical so we just thought well let's let's write it let's let's have a go at it and um so it's this huge project and it's really interesting as we come out of the sort of the lockdown i'm determined and i adore doing stand-up i've really enjoyed being back on the stage doing it but i don't want to just go back to being on the circuit going round and round and round at the age of 47 despite being better at stand-up than i've ever been it it's it is a circuit. It goes round. And, and I'm thinking, I, I want to apply some of the things that I've learned over the lockdown and over recent years and try it. So I do want to give myself big projects. So I'm doing gigs. I'm doing my Patreon mm. thing. I'm writing a musical with Helen and I'm building my mother-in-law 
an annex in the garden. So that's enough to keep me to, to, to kind of go. I can, that's, that's a couple of years. I'm going to work on those things. And I'm really excited about being overwhelmed by the size of the, particularly the building and the musical projects. No, that's good. I don't think that's overwhelmed is not a bad feeling because yeah. as long, as long as it doesn't, uh, you know, it become a negative over being overwhelmed is, is a really nice place to be. Yeah. It means that you're, you're doing something new. And especially as we get older to try and do something new is, uh, can always be really satisfying. Big time. And, and it forces you to break everything down into layers. So I'm, I'm just operating within my limitations, but actually I'm surprising myself with the music that we're coming up with. It's really interesting. Um, but by just thinking, I can have a go at it because Helen's an amazing writer. So I know we can get the lyrics incredible and, and get them to really mm. tell story and surprise people. And then, and then just, just keep chipping away with the music. It's really, really, really good fun. It's, it's fun. That's amazing. I, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is, there a, is there a comedy song or anything that, that you listened to when you were younger that made you really, really want to do some sort of uh, comedy songwriting? Um, I, I think, um, I can't think of one specific, I, mean, I could think of a bunch. I could think of like, yeah. you know, things that stood out in my head, like uh, the Lumberjack song in Monty Python. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I remember seeing, and then when I was a bit older, seeing South Park the musical, Sorry, the, the yeah. opening 10, sorry, the opening 10, 15 minutes of South Park, the movie, which is this incredible symphony of, it, I mean, South Park is insane, isn't it? Like the, it is. It's incredible. The quantity and quality that those chaps have built over the years, and so quietly, like you don't see them turning up at everything or flouncing, they just really work on that don't they and yeah, it's incredible. yeah. Well, they, they, they did go to the oscars high on ass yeah exactly yeah <laughs> they do it on their own terms don't they they kind of didn't take it very yeah, seriously oh, it's brilliant but i mean like just the, like the the, the the musicianship and the com- composition in that um, and it goes through all different modes and ends up being like an uncle fucker and all those bits of it, it I mean, it's just crazy yeah. so I, that that would be there and then i think just i mean Vic and Bob it's I've been having a real Vic and Bob revisit recently because I've been listening to Bob's audio book which is just beautiful and I was I remember as a teenager sitting there watching the telly on my own and this fella came on in a white suit and said watch me Vic Graves big night out channel 4 Friday at 9 and I just went I'm in I'm in and it, it yeah. like it fell out of from outer space so I was aware, and, and his level, the way that he performed and his integration of music and stuff, that, that definitely had a, an impact on me. So it um, comes from lots of different... And, and old, old routines are more common wise using music and Andre Previn and all those things. Yeah, there's so many brilliant, brilliant moments. Oh, Christ, Spinal Tap. We, I can't, I can't oh, go yeah. into it without... Well, the, the Mighty Absolutely. Wind, all of Christopher Oh, Guest Jesus stuff. Christ. And the second album, Spinal Tap, with Break Like the Wind. And just, yes. it's like, again, it's the quality of, of those things. Um, well, I, I saw Spinal Tap play on Canada Day. They did oh. a Canadian tour... And they did it in one day <laughs> you get, because the way when you fly west across Canada, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. gain you gain time. So they did 
noon in Halifax for the Canada Day celebrations there in front of about 60,000 people. Oh, amazing. Then they flew to Quebec and gained time. So they were on about two o'clock, even though it's about five hours later. Mm. Two o'clock Canadian time in Quebec to about 35,000 people. Then they flew to where we were performing in Toronto. And then wow. that was about four o'clock. And they flew on and they finished the night in Vancouver where they were just before <laughs> the headline act, which I think might have been someone like Nirvana. Incredible. And, and what they did is when they came in on, on Toronto, they this, the tour bus was pulling in and everyone said, oh, my God, it's Spinal Tap. But they forced all every single musician and performer out from backstage into a whole pen in front of the stage mm. to watch where you could stand and watch the bands on stage but still be cut off from the audience but they forced us all and that included Neil Young who played along because Amazing. of Spinal Tap they refused to get off the bus until every single person <laughs> including Neil Young was standing in front watching the stage so of course oh, the audience great. was like who's going to be the special guest yeah. it must be an amazing special it's guest incredible. of course on the, uh, the lights come up and on comes Spinal Tap but the best bit of it was they they sounded absolutely amazing they're incredible aren't they they? they 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 all play their instruments like even all the basses on Big Bottom oh. they got the basses out and it wasn't a, a click track mm. and the, all of the, the place went absolutely nuts and then they refused to let us backstage until they were back on the tour bus <laughs> and they had to escape now obviously that was because they didn't have the time to sit around because they had to get to the airport to get to Calgary yeah. or to get to Winnipeg for their six o'clock show, and they did an entire Canadian tour. That's in one incredible! Day. But that's, that, that's tap. so tap that you, they had to get straight back <laughs> on the bus because it <laughs> yeah. just works on every level, doesn't it? It's like when they it did, would. didn't they do Live Eight or the Live Eight concert? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and certainly Nigel's guitar wasn't working for about five or ten minutes. The Freddie Mercury and it, tribute. And it may have been a genuine fault, or it may have been just them exactly. being tap. My, exactly. my mate yeah. Steve, who was our drummer in Saucy Jack, which James has absolutely nailed there in the comments on the side there, mm. our producer James, that uh, Saucy Jack, of course, we got the name for the band from Spinal Tap. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, but Steve went to watch him at the Royal Albert Hall, and and he said, and they did the full thing with the pods at, right, at, in, right. in rock and roll creation, Great. and having to be rescued just in time to hit the right. last note, and then the song ends. But it, <laughs> it said it, and it said it is genuinely to this day one of the, and he's an absolute music head, Steve, one of the best gigs he's ever seen. Yeah, they're great musicians. Mm. Rob, you write and uh, you play songs, and we would love to hear you play something. Okay. Is there a is there a tune that you could that you could give us? Well, I mean, I, I'm very happy to uh, do um, if I can remember it because I've not played it since my sellout three night run at the Edinburgh Festival, which um, well, hey. James, our producer here, was 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 uh, was was present at the last night, weren't you? And I think we're still drunk after the lovely night we had. Uh, celebrating <laughs> but um i I'd, I'd be very happy to attempt to play the neil young beard trimmer incident for you um i i would love to hear the that. neil young beard trimmer yes incident. which now he's now neil's now married to daryl hannah daryl hannah that's correct off of splash right, it, right. And, so um, is this this is a, a song i originally wrote on my patreon channel and and it just fell out of nowhere well i mean there, were, there was an incident where uh, Neil Young accidentally um, caught himself um, when he was uh, just having an experiment with with trimming, and um, 
he, so I, I'd just like to just clear up as I set the scene for this. It's, it's not something that happened to me because I was feeling a bit too old. That's not what happened. I'm wondering what was, all this yeah. manscaping was about. This is something that happened to Neil, to Neil Young. not me. And, and it's something that Neil has categorically not attempted since. Um, no, but again, right. I heard he de- he's denied it in the press. Yeah, but they, but he's- yeah, <laughs> but it's complicated because because he's told me all about it. But I just want to just clear up the fact sure. that this isn't something that happened sure. to me. It's not it's something happened you. to Neil, and yeah, I only yeah. know this because um, uh, and it was which Neil is now has moved in next door with Daryl. Um, he here? Yeah, because the old he, lady he moved next door out. To you. Yeah, the old lady moved out in lockdown, and then they moved in. I didn't. I thought it can't be Neil Young uh, and Daryl, but then I saw them moving in hammered organs, loads of old vintage instruments, and um, hmm. also I saw some mermaid costumes on the whirly gig um, at the bottom of the right. garden drying <laughs> off. So I thought, yeah, it's Neil and Daryl. It's Neil and Daryl. Um, anyway, um, but Daryl and my wife Helen like to watch Love Island together so right. she pops around and uh, they watch love island they watch the shiny boys on that and then me and neil <laughs> talk about how maybe we feel a bit old uh, when the girls are watching the shiny boys and then that's when neil confided in me about this issue he had with a beard trimmer and i said look mate um, once i'd you know he'd stopped crying i said look maybe we should just get in the garage and we'll get it recorded and you might i think i think you've got a hit on your hands but also um the our local garden center has opened up a beauty salon, um, which again, this is the truth, uh, it's, and it's very strange. So that uh, now it's like a it's like a wooden shed, but it's a beauty salon. So now I've and, and there's a cafe there, there's a bonsai shop, there's a bike hire business, there's a metalwork, there's a stonemasons, there's a woodworkers, there's a climbing wall, and it's insane. It's a one stop shop for everything in the Peak District, and I, I can go there get three bags of compost. Have a cappuccino uh, and a back sack and crack. Do you know what I mean? It, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> or I could buy I could buy a trowel, some begonias, and have an anal bleach. You know, all in a in a in a small wooden shed in a in a garden centre. Anyway, and uh, but so so Neil had gone down to the garden centre with Daryl, and oh, uh, and and that's that's included in the song as well. But that's okay. you've got the context. But sure. this is an experience that Neil had, uh, and not me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I nick my nutsack in a hotel room. I didn't know how else I could tell you. I'd had a bath and was sat on the loo And thought that maybe I should trim down there You watch them TV shows with all those guys Who are smoother than a baby's bottom The trimmer caught me on the seam between my nuts And the blood squirted out something rotten All right Yeah, caught me right on the seam The blood came out like a hypodermic needle 
tell you what, if you ever stay at the Travel Lodge in Haydock Park, avoid room 436. Looks like one of the fucking Bundy murders happened in there. <laughs> All right. Through heavy beards Made like work of my poor saggy old ball skin <laughs> You watch them TV shows with all those guys With their torsos oiled up and a-gleaming They're full-grown adults but do too strange Fashions, they don't got a single cube between them. What's happening in our modern age when pubes they go the same way as the poor dodo? <laughs> I like a hairy one, and that's a real woman. And if you're should do all so alright that's right I'm, I'm firmly of the belief that if you're not prepared to make your way through the jungle you don't deserve to find the treasure alright <laughs> Sunday, Daryl said, when you finished your soup, shall we go down to the garden center? I said, yes, please, Dee, that sounds real, real swell, but I was not prepared for what I found down there. <laughs> All right. 
Good for it, Daryl. Happy and a push him. It was the most insane pain of my life. And now I have to sit on a special cushion. All right. <laughs> Gotta say, what a pleasure it is to be on this great podcast. And Rob would just like me to point out that this definitely happened to me. And not to Rob, although... <laughs> Some of that truth might seem a little bit too convenient. <laughs> All right. Here you go, guys. Thank you. Yeah. That one comes out. At, mm, I haven't played that for a long time. <laughs> Neil Young. That was amazing. Neil Young on our Neil podcast. Neil Young Thanks, on our Neil. podcast. Say hello to Daryl for Thank us. you for, to Neil as well for just popping in and doing that. Because, yeah, uh, I mean, wait, it's easy. He's only over the fence. I hope you don't mind, but the, when we promote the podcast, we're probably going to push Neil kind of hard. That's cool, man. That's totally cool. Yeah, um, I, I can. Do you need? Do you need any pictures of Neil in the garage? We might maybe get a couple of pictures. Yeah, of that Neil would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, do, do you do you want to take them stills off the Zoom because I can go and get him now if you no, need him? You could you could just maybe take some for us and send them to me. Yeah, so I've got stu- some. Get you I've got get some self, pictures. Get, self, get Neil to send us a selfie. I've got some pictures of Neil um, performing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. That's Rob Rouse. Thank you, Rob Rouse. What an absolute pleasure! Thank you for for having me on. It was it was a joy. It's lovely to see to see you guys, and lovely to chat, and and uh, yeah, lovely to chat to your audience. And what what a what a what a thrill to be on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. Anytime, anytime. Goodbye, adios, farewell You'll be glad to hear that We think that your interview went well But we have other things to get on with now So you're gonna have to go I'm sure our paths will cross again But whoever really knows It's been fun, it's been musical It's been comical at times But now we have to leave you So goodbye, goodbye You're listening to Songs in the Key of Laugh I'm Phil Nickel And I'm David Timms And that was a great show, I thought It was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun. From Joe Dolce to the comedy competition. And then to Rob Rouse. Absolutely fantastic. What a man. If you'd like to hear more from Rob Rouse or see more of Rob Rouse, why not follow him at patreon.com forward slash Rob Rouse? Or why not buy his wife's book, Helen Rudder's The Boy Who Made Everyone Laugh? And please keep on sending in those songs for the Songs in the Key of Laugh song competition to songsinthekeyoflaugh.com. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh or coffee.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh. It's songs in the key of laugh with me, David Timms and me, Phil Nickel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.